0: JD Talking Sports on Thursday, December 29th, 2016. I want to get right started right now. Lavelle Edwards died today at the age of 86. He coached at BYU for 29 years, went 257, 101 losses, three ties in 29 seasons, 20 conference titles, 22 bowl games. His 250 wins were 7th all-time in FBS history. But the thing that got to... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. And BYU Stadium was named in his honor in 2000, and he was in the College Football Hall of Fame in 2004. Now, in 84, BYU went 13-0. and Robbie Bosco was the starting quarterback. I checked it out. The only guy who went in the first round was Trevor Maddich, who's now on ESPN. They won the national championship. They were the only team in FBS, which back then was called D1, to go undefeated. Number two was Washington, which beat Oklahoma 28-17. Oklahoma was 6th or 8th in the country that year. And number three was Florida, which went 9-1-1, but no bowl games because they had about 106 violations under Charlie Pell, who started the year 1-1-1, was let go, and then the offensive coordinator, interim coach, Galen Hall was born and he went 8-0. and That was Florida's first SEC championship, which isn't even seen by that school as such, and they ended up being... Ineligible for the SEC championship in '85 and '86. BYU that year played only one team ranked, and that was Pittsburgh. The first game of this year, which was number three in the country, Pittsburgh finished the year three seven and one, but they were the only undefeated team in the country. And I, I remember them playing Penn State for some reason in their bowl game. Well, they played Michigan, who came into the bowl game six and five, and they only beat Michigan twenty four seventeen. They were the number one team in the country. Actually, Florida was named national champ by the New York Times and by the Sporting News. Didn't matter. I just was like, wow. 24-17, they beat a 6-5 and five Michigan team in the Holiday Bowl. They tried to get BC into the Holiday Bowl. They offered them 500000 because that's who, through the whack they were contractually obligated to play in the Holiday Bowl. $500,000 to BC, and BC said, nah, couldn't get anybody to come. And That was a great bowl game, man. I, lo- I always loved the Holiday Bowl. It was always like this high-scoring thing. How about that? Now, it brings me to my next point, which is the Group of Five, which consists of schools from the American, Conference USA, Mid-American, Mountain West, and Sunbelt Conferences, along with Independence BYU, Army, and UMass. Northern Illinois Athletic Director Sean Frazier is among a growing number of Group Five officials that are in favor of adding a playoff specifically for the Group of Five schools. Now you have P.J. Fleck, Western Michigan, goes 13-0. They're going to play in the Goodyear, Cotton Bowl Classic. They're going to play Wisconsin. They're ranked 15th. There are six Power 5 teams with three losses and one Power 5 team with four losses all ahead of Western Michigan, which makes no sense, right? Now, Frazier feels that having a Group 5 playoff could be financially rewarding, and also NBC, CBS, and ESPN have shown interest in televising a Group 5 playoff through an industry source. This is the thing, though. The highest ranked group of five champ is under contract to play in a New Year's Six Bowl, which is either the Cotton Fiesta or Peach for the next nine years through the 2025 regular season. Frazier sees like an 18 team playoff. You have the five group, group of five conference champs and three at-large teams are independents. And he brought up a great point. Every division of college football has a national championship. Power five, FCS, Division Two, II, Division Three, and NAIA—everything except the Group of Five—and it's been 32 years since a non-Power Five team won a national championship. At BYU in '84, which I just talked about, and it probably won't happen again because the Group of Five has never had a team rank higher than number 13, Memphis, in the 2015 initial rankings by the CFB Playoff Selection Committee. Hey. I don't think it's fair. I'd like to see Western Michigan play against the big boys. They might get blown out. Northern Illinois played the Orange Bowl against Florida State. That got blown out. I'd like to see him play. I think P.J. Fleck, and it's interesting, he didn't get any offers, or he didn't take any offers this offseason. I think Western Michigan shocked he's going to be back next year. I'd like to see him play a good game against Wisconsin. Wisconsin didn't beat any of the big teams this year, but they played tough all season. I guess we're going to see. But pretty interesting, right? 13-0, and the... The only team they played that was ranked was Pittsburgh, which started the season at number three in the nation. They were preseason. And by week three, they were out, and they finished 3-7-1. and one. And then they beat Michigan 24-17 in the Holiday Bowl. I thought it was kind of interesting. And, you know, that, and it's apropos to go from college football, something that annoys me, to the Jets, something else that annoys me. Offensive coordinator Changeli says this has been an unsettling season, the toughest year he's ever had. As an assistant Shocking 4 and eleven, ten and 5 last year That's a big drop off That's a tough year I don't know what to tell you I don't know Do they want him back? Christian Hackenberg Who said he's ready Whenever I'm, I need to be called Number two against the Bills It made me think You're pay- playing E.J. Emanuel You're playing him It's the backup ball basically You're going to play E.J. Emanuel For the Bills Why not play Christian Hackenberg? For the Jets, why does Fitzpatrick have to play? He knows he's gone. He knows he's out of here. He knows it's sayonara time. Put in a guy that really could, that deserves it. You know, I mean, he sat all season. What, what, what are they holding him back for? They still don't feel he's ready. You have four quarters to let him go out there and try to do something. What, 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 what what's the worst that could happen? You put Jared Goff out there. He didn't light it up the first couple of games. He still hasn't won a game as a starter. Ryan Fitzpatrick, ten touchdowns, seventeen interceptions. Last year, thirty-one touchdowns, fifteen interceptions. Big drop off, huh? And seventeen interceptions and thirteen appearances. I'm sorry. Okay, we'll take away that he had six and one. That's still eleven in twelve starts. Eleven interceptions. That's a lot. That's a lot. A lot. And then you have Nick Mangold, who's going to turn thirty-three next month. He's going to count nine-point million against the cap in two thousand seventeen. He wants a comeback. The thing is, his replacement Wesley Johnson is cheaper and has played well in his absence. Think about this. Bernard Pierce, who's been out of the NFL all year, he spent time with the Jets in training camp. He worked out for the team Wednesday. It looks like that probably Matt Forte and Bilal Powell both might not play for the Buffalo game. Brandon Marshall's hurting. Hey, Brandon Marshall's hurting on a lot of levels. He actually lost a bet to Antonio Brown. They made a bet before the season. It was Antonio Brown's Rolls versus Brandon Marshall's Porsche. Well... I, I just uh, put up the numbers. It was who could have the more receiving yards, but even receptions. Brown one hundred six to fifty nine. Receiving yards twelve eighty four to seven eighty eight, and touchdowns twelve to three. Antonio Brown, you should get you two Porsches. Brown said he should donate the Porsche to charity. All right, I'm, I'm all for it. Hey, do what you have to do, right? Do what you have to do. And how about this? This is interesting. The Giants. 7-1 at home. Only loss was to the Skins at home on September 25th. 3-4 and four away. Their point differential is 17 points. 291 four, 274 against. They're 3-2 the last five. They're plus 17. The Jets are 245 four, 399 against, negative 154. The Giants have scored 34 touchdowns this season. The Jets, 25. So nine touchdown difference is a six-win differential. And the only teams that have scored less touchdowns than the Jets are the Texans, which is about 23 only, and they are nine and five going into the right nine and six going into the final their their final game of the season, and the the Rams with 24. Those are the only two teams with less touchdowns this year than the Jets. Oof, long season, very long. Now the Giants, they're locked in the five. They're playing the only team that beat them at home. Now you are going to have Norman, Josh Norman first. Odell Beckham Jr. Beckham in the first game got the better action. Second half, he finished with seven receptions for one hundred twenty-one yards. There are a lot of milestones he could reach in this game. He needs one hundred twenty-eight yards receiving to set a career high and beat the fourteen fifty he, he had in two thousand fifteen. He also has ninety-six receptions. One more, he'll set a career high. Also, he's second in the NFL with thirteen twenty-three receiving yards. That's 30 behind T.Y. Hilton of the Colts and 10 ahead of the Falcons, Julio Jones, who would have ran away with the competition. He had a 301 game this season. He's a chance of leading the NFL in receiving yards. Also, he needs 84 yards to break Randy Moss' record of 4,163 yards in his first three NFL seasons. He already holds the record with 283 receptions in his first three years. I am very excited to see what he will do when, once a playoff time comes around. I'm really excited. Anything's possible. We're going to talk. I want to talk a little basketball. Nets lost last night one hundred one ninety one on a jumper as time expired by Jimmy Butler who had forty. They beat the Nets one hundred one ninety nine. Nets fall to eight and twenty three. Have they have lost their twelfth straight on the road? They're one and fifteen on the road. Eight and twenty three. The Bulls are six and sixteen. Jeremy Lin, who missed seventeen games earlier this season, five weeks. Well, he's he's out again, but they don't think it's severe, but he did not play last night. You had Randy Foy. Sorry if I'm bad, butchering the name. Also, Isaiah Whitehead played some point. Spencer Dinwiddle, Dinwiddies, he played a little point. And Sean Kilpatrick, who had 18 points, and he had a team I-6 assists. He played a little point. Playing like a hockey line. Also, Brooks Lopez at 33, which is the most by a Nets in a road game this season. And one off the season high. He also had a career high five of six from beyond the three-point line. Nice going. Nets, I didn't expect anything this year. I just thought, hey, you know what? Let's get through the season, see what happens, and we'll go from there. One game at a time. Next game is Friday. Also, the Knicks played Friday. They played last night. They lost in overtime, one hundred two ninety eight to the Hawks. Carmelo got ejected for, it was a push-off, and then you saw him whack him in the face. He only had 10 points when he went out. 5-10 5 and 10 on the road this year. They're 16 and 15 overall. Some good things. They were 25th in the NBA in points allowed going into the game. They'd given up 119 and lost to Boston on Sunday on Christmas Day. Well, they only gave up 98 and they only allowed Atlanta to shoot 36% from the field. Also, they were only out-rebounded by 56-55 by the Hawks. Porzingis had 24 but he blew uh, an opportunity to tie the game with three points, six seconds left in OT. They were down 197, down by three. He was fouled shooting a three, missed the first, hit the second, deliberately missed the third, and he was called for a lane violation, went back to Atlanta. And then Millsap hit two free throws and a ball game. Joaquin Noah had 14 points, 16 rebounds, double-double, but Dwight Howard had 22 points, I'm sorry, 22 rebounds and 16 points. Hawks ended a three-game losing streak at home. They're 16-16. and 16. Hey, you know what? If the D can catch up to the offense, offense is fine. Good things are going to happen. Now, I thought this was interesting. The Skins are playing, as I said, I said in yesterday's podcast, if the Lions and Packers tie, they both get in. But if the Skins win, they're in. They have to win the game. This is the thing. If they get in, it'll be the first time they've made back-to-back postseason since the final two seasons of the first Joe Gibbs era. Think about that. The first Joe Gibbs era. That's a long time ago, folks. And over the last two seasons, Kirk Cousins completed 68.5% of his passes for over 8,700 yards, 53 touchdowns, 21 INTs, and 100.1 passer rating. only That's even better than Aaron Rodgers over the same same time span. He's also won 17 games the last two years. Won a division championships. He's on a one year contract. I think they're gonna have to give him some money. I guess we're gonna see. Giants have to come to play, man. 60 points the last four games. They have to get something going. They haven't scored more than they they haven't scored 30 points this whole season. Something has to change, man. And something interesting for the Packers. The Packers Lions game on Sunday night. That's the Sunday night football game. The Vikings did a better job against the Packers when they had a matchup with Xavier Rhodes, the Vikings against the Packers last week, and they feel that if Darius Slay with the hamstring can get better, it could be very important. He could have a big impact on the game on Sunday night. Also, Ezekiel Elliott needs a buck 78 to break Eric Dickerson's rookie rushing record of 1808. Eagles run defense? Not good. And Dallas had 187 yards against them in October. Could happen. Also, the Jaguars. You have Doug Doug Maroney's first game as an interim coach was the best game by Blake Bortles all season. Now, can he do it against Indy? It would be interesting because the Jags would be a much, you know, what's what's the word I'm looking for? A more appealing coaching opportunity for a guy out there. Now, I know they interviewed Coughlin, but Blake Bortles... Young quarterback, he's had a lot of accuracy issues this year. I still believe he could be a good player. They have a lot of young guys, young talent. Gus Bradley didn't get the job done, but I think it's a job that could reap benefits, especially in that division. Nobody's really... Indianapolis, Texans won it again this year. Titans are playing better, but none of the teams are really blowing anybody away. It's there for the taking. Could happen. Also, the Patriots... Failure to run the ball on Miami in Week 17 uh, last year ended up putting them on the road. And when they're on the road for the playoffs, they usually don't make the Super Bowl. And they didn't this year. The thing is that LeGarrette Blunt has topped his career high in carries by 84. They're a different team this year. And I don't know if Matt Moore's 2-0 and as a starter right now. Can he keep the the wave going for the Dolphins? Also, Jay Ajayi had over 200 last week. Anything's possible, right? And Tom Savage for the Texans, uneven against Cincy. Uh, Last week This week Against the Titans That's another team They want to go in the playoffs Going strong And also Bill O'Brien's never won 10 games As a head coach 9-7 and That's his best record He wants that 10th win this year And let me tell you Matt Castle does not Strike the fear Into any person out there Now this is interesting About the Raiders Matt McGloin Who is now the starter Last time he had extended action was his rookie year, 2013. He started six games, threw for over 1,500 yards, eight touchdowns, eight picks, and a 76 passer rating. Derek Carr got drafted, won the job, and McGloin settled in as a backup. Now, this is the thing. He has thrived before. He was a walk-on at Penn State, earned a scholarship, and later laid the first post-paterno team to an 8-4 record and an 8-2 finish. After that, he had to win a spot on the Raiders' 90-man roster in a tryout and beat out fourth-round pick Tyler Wilson out of Arkansas for his spot in the 50-man three roster. He's beaten the odds before, and he's played for Bill O'Brien. That was a good team, man. They played hard that year. I remember. I remember that year. They brought they brought him back and look at him. They're in the Rose Bowl this year. How about that? Freaking in the Rose Bowl. Penn State USC. I like that matchup. Packers. Over the past six games, they won five straight. Aaron Rodgers, almost 70%, over 1,700 yards, 14 touchdowns, no interceptions, 1,18.8 passer rating. And during the five-game winning streak, he's posted an NFL best, 1,19.8 passer rating. Hey, they beat, the, they beat the Lions. He threw four touchdown passes against the Lions in September. They have one turnover in the last five games. In their first nine games, they had five plays of 40-plus yards. The past six, they have seven. Telling you, that's gonna. I'm very interested how that day gonna. The game's gonna turn. I'm really interested. Now, this was interesting. It, the, what college is doing? I, this is kind of like you know, Nick Saban. This hatch this plan where, when they played in November, they played LSU. He brought in Trent Richardson to play the role of LSU's Leonard Fournette in practice. He also brought in former Tide quarterbacks John Patrick Wilson and Blake Sims recently, and Clemson used Taj Boyd to play J.T. Parrott. J.T. Parrott, as they prepared to play Ohio State, and Ohio State has had former Dolphins wideout Brian Hartline and ex-Cowboys linebacker Bobby Carpenter suit up for practices. Hartline talked about that he might want to go to coaching, but these guys come in, it's like having a professional. When I was in grad school for acting, we had professional actors come and talk to us about the business and everything. How could it not help, like Trent Richardson, especially a guy who's had so many problems, you know, it didn't work out the way he hoped it would in the pros Giving his knowledge to these kids I think that's a good I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that I like that a lot I like that a lot Good move on their part Now NFL coaches You know it's a stressful job It used to be that uh, Guys uh, sleeping in the office a decade ago Was treated You know that was an accomplishment They said it's not a badge of honor anymore Guys just do what they have to do You do whatever you feel you need to in order to win Everybody has their own way Now I remember Herm Edwards always took care of himself and I I feel like, yeah, The I mean, Joe Gibbs said he slept in the office. A lot of these guys working crazy hours. But you have health issues now. Gary, uh, Gary Kubiak, you had Mike Zimmer with the detached retina. You had, I'm blanking on him, the Cardinals coach. He had some heart problems. He was hospitalized. Todd Bowles, he had gallstones and all that stuff I mean a lot of stuff going on with these guys. One guy says he he knows you know you can 't sleep. one guy says he takes ten to fifteen minutes and does nothing Wow over a twenty four hour period ten to fifteen minutes that should cure everything for you right no i don 't think so. Crazy now how about this about the bills? I read this I was guy kind of, Reggie Bush. If he fails to rush for three yards versus the Jets, he'll become the first NFL running back to finish the season with negative rushing yards with 10-plus carries. Right now, he's rushed 12 times for negative three yards in the season. I never thought I'd hear Reggie Bush in that statistic, ever. I just find that, I'm like, wow, really? And I want to thank Albert Breer from the MMQB for this one. On December 11th, Le'Veon Bell had a 298 yards from, the sc- yards from scrimmage, and the Steelers beat the Bills 27-20. And after the game, Rex Ryan said the players were out of reach, which was kind of weird for him to say because they had a manageable schedule, and at that point, there was a real possibility they could be 9-7, and seven, which would get him as a wild card. Now, this is what they saw. The Bills saw that it was indicative of the overall organizational disorganization that marked his 35-game run as Bills coach. And they said that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Also... Sunday, I talked about this, the 10 defensive players on the game-clinching 57-yard rumble by Miami, by Jay Ajayi. One buff, Buffalo source says, not the first time. The stuff's been going on all year. Lack of detail. They said, when some, the source said, sometimes defense was a man short, and other times there were 12 men out there, including uh, one embarrassing October time, game where New England convert a third down to Ryan defense anyway with 12 guys in the field. They said a few cases, players were rushed on and off the field. And they also talked about Sammy Watkins' foot injury. He was struggling to get through walk-throughs, and the situation screamed for leadership. But Watkins was allowed to push through the injury, hurting the offense and himself, and they had to shut him down after two games. And it it, it put a big divide between the coaches and the personnel staff. Now, they said Whaley is leading the search. And this is the thing. If they keep Anthony Lynn... It's someone he's worked with before. And then he doesn't have to get someone that he's never worked with before. That's what they're saying. They're I really It's a one game, but they really want to see it. It's his, They're saying it's his job to lose. I guess we'll see what happens. I, know, I have talked about Rex Ryan. I felt that with the Jets, hey, he got the two FC championship game. I think Bull says he's been a winner wherever he's gone. He's really been at the Jets and the Bills. And I... A winner? He had a couple good seasons. I don't know if I classify that as a winner. Mike Tomlin, that's a winner. Bill Belichick, that's a winner. Mike McCarthy, that's a winner. But I don't know if I'd call Rex Ryan a winning coach. He's had success, but not a a winner. I don't know if I'd do that. And how about this? Okay, the Pats. From the start of 2014 season, including postseason game, Patriots have lost just 11 games. And two of those were in Week 17 games, where it didn't even matter. They have scored 21 points in losses and about 30 points in its wins. In its wins, they they allow teams about an average, just over 16 points. When it loses, that number goes up to 30. That's a big difference. And they think the one team that could give them problems is the Falcons, who have scored more points per game than any team in the NFL, and the teams in the playoffs, they'll come in with the highest number of offensive yards, average yards per game, and expected points per game. Also, while done, done facing the toughest schedule in the league, and it ranks them, uh, ESPN's Bill Barnwell says, in the 99th percentile of offenses since the AFL-NFL merger of 1970. That's big, man. And the Broncos, how about this? Just become the seventh team since the 2002 Patriots to miss the postseason after winning the big one. Now, injuries of free agency. They also let Malik Jackson go to Jacksonville at $90 million in March. They also lost C.J. Anderson to a torn meniscus in October. They're talking about Tony Romo, who they're calling AKA to Manning Light, also known as Pay Manning Light. Well, I don't think he's the answer either. Offensive line. They're going to have to... John Elway's going to have to do something. They have to get serious about the offensive line. They... they it, uh, Robert Klemkov of MMQB says that the defense might be the best defense to ever miss the playoffs. I I tend to agree. And also, no running game. No running game. They brought in uh, uh, Stevenson. They brought in two new offensive linemen. They brought in Russell Okung. And they weren't effective as their predecessors, Ryan Harris and Michael Schofield. The thing was, when they had Manning, Manning got off, released a ball at 2.31 seconds four tenths of a second better than the next quickest arm, Tom Brady they don't they don't have that now they have a guy, Trevor Simeon he's green, hey, he really this was his first year playing the first half of the season, he was okay they got to a 7-3 start, but then the running game went, got some injuries and more pressure from the rushers everybody's face, you know They only managed 3.6 yards per attempt, 28th in the league, and failed to eclipse 100 yards rushing in nine games. Now, since 2006, out of 32 rookie starters have managed an 85-plus passer rating. Only one of them did it without a top-15 rushing attack, Marcus Mariota in 2015. You have Carson Palmer, Derek Carr, Joe Flacco, and Ada Dalton. Each had poorer seasons in their first season that started, and each had a better running game than the Broncos do right now. Three weeks ago, the Broncos rushed for 18 yards against the Titans. Two weeks ago, they had 58. When they lost 33-10 to the Chiefs, 63 yards rushing. They've given up 40 sacks this year, fifth most in the NFL. They have to. They have to. Uh, they have to fix them. The defense gave up the fewest passing yards in the NFL and the second fewest yards per drive. They're gonna have to build on offensive line to the draft trade, for whatever they have to do. And I feel that yeah, I don't think that. I don't think that bringing in Tony Rome was the answer. He's going to be 37 at this when next season starts. I just don't think it's a good answer at all. And you, that's what that's what I was thinking about. A lot of teams, you need a line man. You can't run the ball. The Giants, Justin Pugh came back to running the ball better. You need a lot. Every team, especially the playoffs, you have to run the ball. And you look at the teams that are running the ball well. Those are the teams that are going to do well in the playoffs. LeGarrette Blunt is a beast. He's going to run the ball. The Raiders do not have the best running attack. I'm thinking about all the... You have Le'Veon Bell for the Steelers. You have Le'Garrette Blunt for the Patriots. The Devontae Freeman for the Falcons. Cowboys have Ezekiel Elliott. Packers that's another thing. Packers do not. They have Ty Montgomery who's really a wide receiver playing running back for them. James Starks if he comes, you know, they don't really that's all they Ty Montgomery's the man right now. They don't really have anybody else. The Lions have no running attack. One of the worst in the NFL. It's going to you know what? I think, you know, I said that Falcons haven't shown me something. Hey, show me something in the playoffs, guys. Giants are going to have to show me something. Because I'll tell you, people said, oh, they've won in Green Bay before. I don't know. They haven't shown me anything all season. Now, I'm going to end the show with a trivia question. Which I will answer in my next podcast. Who has the most Rookie of the Year winners in Major League Baseball history? That's the trivia question. Hope you enjoy. Actually... Florida and South Carolina right now are playing in a bowl game and I'm going to go watch the rest of it. I want to thank you for listening today. Have a good day. Peace out. Talk to you soon.